one of my biggest goals is to keep people from falling um, in those diet and supplement traps that mm -hmm. are out there because, gosh, there's so many that my family, that my parents really um, followed and, and believed mm -hmm. and, and thought were the you know next best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a food pun there. <laughs> so today, everything that I do is based on that. I don't want people to fall into the same traps and the same mistakes that my parents fell. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back to the h &L Movement Podcast. I hope everyone is having an excellent week so far. This week, we have a very special guest, David Orozco. And he is a registered dietitian who's been practicing for the past 14 years. And he owns his company, TD Wellness, a practice in Atlanta, Georgia. He also hosts his own podcast, which if you haven't heard yet, I was a guest on that podcast. His podcast is called One Small Bite. So check out that episode that we did together. I had a great time, great conversation with him. And now it's my turn to welcome him on the H&L Movement podcast. He has a great story and he helps a lot of people create a better relationship with food and nutrition. He is a certified intuitive eating counselor and he also holds certifications as an exercise physiologist from the American College of Sports Medicine. He does a lot of great things. A lot of our philosophies overlap and you'll hear that in the episode as to what kinds of things we talk about when it comes to nutrition and overall health and wellness. Let's dive into his story. He has been very active throughout his life and we touch on all of these things that have really helped him to get to the position that he is in today. Let's not wait any longer and let's get straight into this episode. Welcome back everyone. So we have a very exciting guest, David Orozco. Did I pronounce that right, David? 100% my friend, you got and it. And welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. You're a registered dietitian and you have a wealth of knowledge and experience and I a lot of our concepts really overlap, but thank you so much for joining me today, David. Oh, no, man. I, Andrew, my, my pleasure. This is great. When you and I met through SPI Pro, I thought, okay, is this guy legit? Should I? Oh, wow. <laughs> I like this guy. I like what he's talking about. And then you and I uh, chatted a bit. And so our philosophies were pretty much line in step with everything that we do. And so I was like, I got to have this guy on my show. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I yes. love being here. I'm really excited to, to, to be on your show and, and, uh, and doing this. So yeah, man, thanks for having me. And thank you so much. And I will put in the show notes, we did a, we did a show. I was a guest on your podcast right. and you're a guest on my podcast now, but we'll put all of that in the show notes and everything. Before we get started, David, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background? What led you to your private practice? How that road was to get your RD license and everything like that. Yeah, if you don't mind me giving you a little bit further background because I think mm -hmm. it sets the stage. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I was born in Colombia. My parents migrated to the United States when I was three. So I pretty mm -hmm. much grew up in the United States. Um, 
most of my young adult life was in New Jersey. I moved to Atlanta in 1989, so about 31 years ago. And I graduated from college with a bachelor's in science in biology. I thought I wanted to get into research or maybe medicine, but I, I, I really quickly found out that nah, medicine definitely just didn't interest me. And any, I even applied for medical school and got accepted, but okay. I didn't go down that route. My family had a travel agency and my mother, if, if you know anything about my mother, she, when she says, I want you to come work for me, you don't say no. And so okay. I ended up uh, helping run the family's travel business. Then we grew to about three offices uh, or two and a half, I should say. And we were making, you know, good money and the business was great. And then the dot com happened. And right mm -hmm. around that time, it's like a whirlwind of, of different events. My mom was diagnosed with diabetes and then later on with colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the dot com bust recession happened. And then the airlines were also starting to almost eliminate travel agents from the equation mm -hmm. because, of course, you had the Internet, too, which was coming to, to life. Right. And yes. and then business really started to shift. I wasn't in a good place in my life and I didn't really like working in the travel business at all. Don't get me wrong, man. I love traveling, but I did <laughs> not like uh, doing it for other people. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and get my nutrition degree. My mom was not doing really good. And while I was early on in my nutrition uh, program, uh, she passed away. And uh, that was probably the biggest impetus for why I am in nutrition today. One of my biggest goals is to keep people from falling um, in those diet and supplement traps that mm -hmm. are out there because, gosh, there's so many that my family, that my parents really um, followed and, and believed mm -hmm. and, and thought were the you know next best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a food pun there. <laughs> but... Um, so then I, I got my degree. Uh, my father was then diagnosed with prostate cancer and, okay. and then had problems with his heart. And so things weren't looking great for him. But he, 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 uh, he moved in with my sister and, and I got my, my nutrition degree. I started working at the Emory Bariatrics program. Bariatrics is uh, mm -hmm. weight loss surgery. And mm -hmm. um, I quickly found out how diets and rapid weight loss were so detrimental for so many people the, that detrimental, not in that it, it was going to kill them. There is the risk of that with surgery, but very, very small. But the point is that it's just this rat race going on, you know, mm -hmm. and the, the time mm -hmm. wasted in, in a lot of that. And so then I started my nutrition practice about two years after that. And I haven't looked back. And now I have a, a nutrition practice called TD Wellness. Um, mm -hmm. TD stands for Trisha. David, my wife and I, mm -hmm. she's not in the business, but she's a big uh, support system that I have. I couldn't do what mm -hmm. I do without my wife. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I then fell in love with intuitive eating. I read this book called Intuitive Eating, and that really just changed my philosophy on nutrition and working with clients. 
And uh, mm-hmm. I've really never looked back since then. I came across Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income. And I thought to myself, I've always wanted to do radio. So I, <laughs> I, I got his podcast course, Power Up Podcasting, <laughs> plug for Pat. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, I started my podcast and man, I love it. I, I mean, I love doing this stuff. I love talking nutrition and, and the philosophy that I have and so on and so forth. So I hope you don't mind. It was a little bit long of an explanation, but I just wanted to kind of let people know where, where I'm going. So, to, by the way, so today, everything that I do is based on that. I don't want people to fall into the same traps and the mm-hmm. same mistakes that my parents fell. By the way, my, my father passed away two and a half years ago. So, um, so yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your parents, but you have such an interesting story. And I can definitely tell from all your resources, talking to you and meeting in the SPI community. By the way, that stands for Smart Passive Income. And if you don't know Pat Flynn, you should look it up because he has a lot of great resources for businesses, entrepreneurs, small businesses. Um, but I, I definitely can tell that passion that you have. And it stems from your interesting story and your unique path to get to where you are. Um, before we move further, how long have you been in private practice as TD Wellness? Yeah, good question. Um, 2007. So mm-hmm. what's that, 14 years? Yes. Yeah. Four, uh, almost 14, 14 years. years. Yeah. 14 years. Almost mm-hmm. 14 years. Because it was yes. November of 2007, so I'll be at 14 come November. Got it. Yeah. And to give a little bit more background about your practice, what ki- types of patients do you typically see? Um, what types of things do you specialize in? If you could share to some of the listeners. Yeah, great, great question. Absolutely, because that is something that I struggled with for a while was who's my client. I often find that I, I have a passion, I have a love for people of higher weight, um, people who would be clinically classified as overweight or obese. I don't like using those words because it makes people separate. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, that's really my jam. That's really what I love. And that is extremely complicated. Um, I also have a love for for working with people with eating disorders. And uh, the area that I probably see a good amount of uh, clients with is binge eating disorder, bulimia, but I also see people with anorexia. And it may not seem like the two things go together, but I'll tell you in the extremes, they're very, very, very similar. That's, that's great to hear how you're making a difference in helping all of these people because as both you and I know, um, we've talked about this on your episode, your show too, is that the diets become very detrimental. It starts to negatively affect pretty much your whole lifestyle and it has a snowball effect and those are the people that typically will tend to try all of these things because it's pitched to them in a way that's so appealing and you know and I talk about this with my clients a lot is that especially in society today we have that quick fix mentality like this is going to get quick results I, I can even say that for probably businesses too right but then those aren't the the most effective or the best way to go about certain things so I really love how you really break down things and work with them and have this holistic approach when it comes to nutrition and the next big part that I wanted to touch on for a lot of this episode is you've mentioned intuitive eating and you've really implemented that into your practice um i i definitely know there's a lot of good concepts that i take from intuitive eating to help my clients as well but you have a lot more experience and knowledge in this realm so if you could touch on some of the 
big key points that would be the biggest takeaways for people listening to this episode. What is intuitive eating all about and how can that help them? Well, I actually uh, interviewed both Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch on my show in my episodes in the past. And I'm going to steal the way they define intuitive eating. And both of them, when I asked the very same question, they had a very similar answer. And she go, and they said, well, it depends on who I'm speaking to. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Got it. I was like, Evelyn, did you know that Elise said the same thing? Or Elise, did you know that Evelyn <laughs> said the same thing? But if I can summarize it this way, intuitive eating is an anti-diet approach to helping people make peace with food and build a positive relationship with eating as well as with their life, health, and body. And so that's the way I look at intuitive eating. Now, what does that mean? That means that we look at not using diets, but we also don't judge people for wanting to. It also means looking at what is really the underlying behavior or issue that's going on with someone's eating and then building on the strengths versus the weaknesses of anybody that is wanting to change their health. So for example, I might get a client who comes in and, oh, David, I, I, I want to lose weight, which is about 80% of my clients. Oh, David, you know, I want to lose some weight and I've got, you know, maybe this belly fat or I've got this um, excess weight that I'm dealing with or some people like 300, 350 pounds. And I say to them, okay, great. I understand completely. That's, that's a great goal. But let me ask you this. If you didn't lose weight, what would make you happy? And then they stop and they think and they're like, what? what? I don't know how to answer that. And that's where I know where we need to go, okay? Because if there's a layer of misunderstanding, then we need to understand, okay, we need to break down that layer. And so sometimes they may be already doing intermittent fasting or ketogenic diet and, or paleo. And I'll say to them, okay, what one thing about that do you think really works well for you if you could put everything else about the diet away, what one thing about that works really, really well for you? And almost every single time I say that, not every single time, but every single time, almost every single time, people will say something like, well, you know, it's probably getting more fresh fruits and vegetables in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, then let's focus in on that. So instead of me saying, oh, that diet is horrible for you or blah, 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 I can't believe you're doing that. It's looking at, okay, what would be sustainable and what would be the thing that you can do for a lot of other areas in your life, which I believe is your own philosophy as well, right? Yes. Yeah, good. Yes, so definitely. I love that we align in that. And so mm -hmm. when I work with clients, a lot of times it's really making some nudges and twitches, but more importantly in their mindset. Now, with all of that said, it is hard though, because we are so driven by diets. We're so driven by, I'm supposed to eat like this. I'm supposed to eat like that. I, I, I just want to let your listeners know, for lunch today, I made mac and cheese. And I'm not talking about some fancy mac and cheese from Whole Foods mm -hmm. or from Sprouts <laughs> or one of these uppity scale uh, grocery mm -hmm. stores. I'm mm -hmm. talking about craft mac and cheese in a box. <laughs> yes. And what I did was I upped my game. And that's mm -hmm. it. And so yep. 
All I did was take a whole bunch of spinach, throw it into my mac and cheese, and then I opened a can of tuna and I threw the tuna into my mac and cheese. And now I've got, hey, some pretty mac mac and cheese now, <laughs> you know? Yes. That's the kind of stuff that I do with many of my clients. So instead yeah. of telling them, oh, you shouldn't be eating mac and cheese, you know, that's all processed and that's not good for you. <laughs> the idea that I take is, okay, let's make that better. How do we make that even, you know, sparkle? Let, let me give you another example, if you don't mind, Andrew. Um, of course. Yeah. So um, one client once time, one time told me, oh, man, I can't stop eating ice cream. And then I said to her, well, then don't stop. And she's like, yeah. what? Are you kidding me? I mean, aren't you supposed to tell me ice cream is bad for you? And I, and I said to her, I was, okay, what if I told you ice cream was bad for you? And she stopped for a second and she goes, yeah, I don't know if I would really like that. And I said, yeah, you probably would agree with me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But then you would go and cheat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why not work with it? And I said, look, why don't you take an, uh, 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 your ice cream? serve yourself a little bit and put a little bit of fruit with it and have it. And if you want more, go get more, but do this, sit down and eat it with absolutely no distractions whatsoever. No TV, no smartphone, no computer, no family members, just you, the ice cream, and that's it. And when people do that, it's amazing. That ice cream is not that sensational anymore. <laughs> I <laughs> yes, mean, it doesn't work yes. for everybody, but that's kind of yeah. the concept. So that's kind of the stuff that I do with, with clients. So sorry for the long answer. No, to that's question. great. <laughs> I hope everyone, all the listeners, I mean, a lot of times you, you can't take notes, but replay this, listen to it, because you're, you're reiterating a lot of the concepts that I work with my clients one-to-one. And it's good to hear some of that confirmation, especially with someone from your background and your expertise level. And I just want to touch on a few key points that you said there i mean the judgment is huge right oh unfortunately with food and nutrition it's not only judgment on others but i get my clients to not judge themselves and that's kind of what you're talking about yes self-criticism is harsh really yeah yes and there's so many other things that you said in there is like i like how you add things you know because when we start to get in this restriction mindset, you're actually just restricting nutrients, restricting things that are detrimental to other areas of your life and health. And when you add other things like your mac and cheese, that's exactly the approach. You know, it's don't restrict things, just try to add things to it. And you'll find that it actually has, you created a better mac and cheese that is not only nutritious for you, but it's also fulfilling so many other of your needs. And then the last, the last concept about the ice cream, um, there's so many things that we could spend many episodes, a series on this, yeah. but the ice cream is that unfortunately people have these ideas of what they should do and they place these labels as good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but naturally things are not healthy or unhealthy unless it's not edible. You know, if it's poisonous or rotten or bad because if you have the right amount it's still going to provide some value and nourishment to your body as well as everything else that you talked about kind of the mental approach and everything like that so i really really enjoy your approach i mean i'm gonna go back and i didn't listen to those two podcasts that you interviewed those two two experts but i i want to go back and listen to that i will place that in the show notes too okay and there's so (laughs) many other things there's so many other things that i know you have a lot of experience and a lot of success with helping all of these these clients and and patients of yours now on that note is there anything else that you have 
kind of seen, I guess, the nutrition world transform or move towards in the past maybe decade since you've been in business since 2007? Has anything evolved drastically as we learn more about nutrition? So I want to say yes and no. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me give you the yes part and what I've seen as the big transition. That's a really good question because um, where I've seen the biggest change is um, probably in the protein world. Mm-hmm. Um, or I should say, maybe let me put it this way. I'm starting to see a lot more evolution in the protein world. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean, we're looking at cultivating, designing, and creating alternatives to animal meat mm-hmm. in a lot of very interesting ways. Like, for example, um, one thing that they're doing is they're creating meat in a Petri dish. So instead of having large CAFOs, large uh, cattle operations, or large poultry programs or, or, or organizations, they're actually looking at creating more uh, animal proteins that are, it's either stem cell or clone cells from animal um, DNA as actual um, synthesized So in a Petri, but it comes from the real animal. So it's Mm -hmm. not really synthesized. So that's one area that I'm starting to see a lot of evolution. The other where, which is the other place, which is also protein. So two more is with um, vegetable based protein. I'm seeing a lot. um, Incredible burger or incredible meat is one. Beyond meat. Yeah. 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 Beyond meat and the impossible, the impossible burger or the Mm. impossible meat, I think is the other one. Those two are all very heavily. Uh, plant, not heavily, they're 100% plant-based and they taste very, very similar to meat. Now, I don't think something plant-based is going to wholeheartedly taste just like meat, but we've gotten really far with that. That's probably one evolution. And the third uh, form of protein, which is actually something that a lot of people around the world do, but not so much in the United States, and that is bug or insect protein. Uh, and I'm starting to see a little bit of that. I'm starting to see that in the world of protein powders and protein mm. supplements that are coming from uh, insect protein. Technically, the ones that I've seen the most would be crickets or, um, oh, I'm forgetting the other ones, but crickets would be one of the most popular ones. So, but, you know, a lot of cultures around the world eat insects. And we just don't realize it. And I know it sounds gross, but um, sushi in the United States only has been around since the late early 70s or mid to early 70s. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we think sushi is the, the bomb, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a little while before some of us an act will actually eat a, an insect, but uh, believe it or not, it, that's another area. So that's where I've seen a lot of the evolution in the mm-hmm. actual food itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But then the no part is I think so much of the way we eat is still stagnant on the traditional mass production of food. And again, I'm not against the mass production of food. We've got to feed an enormous amount of people around the world. So I think it's extremely important that we have high production of food. The problem is, is that we're stuck doing the same things over and over and over and over again 
that we actually haven't really figured out other ways of doing it better, doing it smarter, doing more efficient, doing it more ecologically, more environmentally, more soundly, more sustainable. So I think that that's where we're still stuck in the world, so to speak. That's very interesting that you you mentioned all of these things because yeah, it takes a long time to actually have a shift. And this is, you know, from food systems to, you know, all of the processes that we don't realize has a huge influence on what's available and what we prefer to eat. Um, on that regard, as you were saying this, it kind of made me think because the shift that I see, you know, I've, I've been around sports, right? So over the past decade, I can say is that a lot of your big time programs, collegiate, professional and everything, you're starting to see that shift and everything that you're just talking about, they're implementing that for their athletes. And it's not like a diet or set menu plan. It's more education based. And they're starting to have the athletes understand what kinds of things work better when, how to do certain things, give them more options, I think. Where before that, I would kind of say, as you alluded to earlier in your career, it was kind of like, okay, you got to just do this and see how it works. Now it's more like, okay, you have all different types of athletes, body shapes, cultures, even here are some of the options, you know? And then it's almost like how you gave that, that example of clients tell you that the one good thing about their diet is getting more fresh fruits and vegetables. It's almost getting that kind of I guess, light bulb to go off for our athletes because now they're more informed about what nutrition actually is and what kinds of options they have that might work for them. So, I mean, all of these trends, it's interesting to see. And I like to pick pick experts' brains about this because you get to see firsthand like, hey, what's going on? What are some of my clients doing? And you get all of that real-time feedback as to what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah along those lines, lines, is there any other things that you have implemented in your practice over the past few years that you have found great success with that might help some of the listeners too? Yeah, great question. I'm actually writing a book on that because I've seen that so often in, in my practice. I've, I fundamentally believe based on what I've seen my parents and my family go through as well as so many of my clients, what I've seen over and over again that works really well um, and by work really well, I do not mean that this is a quick fix or a magic bullet. Mm. That, mm. in my world, doesn't exist. People can mm. think they, that that exists, but it doesn't. It's constant work. It doesn't have to be hard. It's just constant, regular work. Okay. So for me, it really falls under, under these four C's, these four areas. <laughs> this is the, the basis of One Small Bite, the name of my podcast. Mm -hmm. And... They are compassion, commitment, consistency, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. Right there, those four C's to me are really, really important. Now, there are other C's like communication and, 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 uh, and clarity. And there's other C's in my world that I work on. But when I see clients, I find that usually the success that a client has, and this is how I define success, they feel better. I mean, literally just emotionally feel better on a regular basis, not just this one off or one week or one month thing. Mm -hmm. It's like they feel better on a consistent basis, not every day, but on a consistent basis. They sleep better. They're not as irritable. They yes. move more. They're more inclined to be curious. 
I think that that really is what is at the core. So that one thing that someone does, but then they do it with compassion. And by compassion, I mean, they prioritize themselves. Mm-hmm. They are practicing what they're preaching. They are mm-hmm. patient. They are persistent. You know, And that's that compassion that we have with ourselves. And that critical voice that we talked about uh, in our show and, and how we can really um, be harsh on ourselves and you know, that judgment piece that you talked about a little while ago, it, that's, that's what I want to try to get people to go and, and, and look at, you know, we are not the totality of, of who we are. So that's mm-hmm. compassion. The commitment is I'm committed to doing this one thing and I'm going to get really good at it. So then I can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. One client said to me, did you ever see the Martian David? So the movie with Matt Damon. And mm-hmm. he said, when he came back to, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, when he came back to, <laughs> to, to planet Earth, he said, teaching to a group, he said, I started with one thing, I, finished, I fixed that problem, and then I went on to the next problem, and then I moved on to the next problem, and then I moved on to the next problem, and then I got home. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly that idea. Is let's, let's work on this one thing, get really good at it. Now you're good at it. Now we can pick up on something else. Mm-hmm. So that's that commitment. And then that you know, consistency, you got to keep doing it, no matter what, you just got to keep doing it. Um, I, I've been in that boat quite a bit. I even had it today. For example, I had a meeting that didn't go so great. And I, I felt that pity party coming in and, and knocking myself down. And I thought to myself, no, what did I learn from this? Where am I going to go with this? How do I make the, the best out of this? Um, and then that curiosity, hmm, I wonder if I do it this way. Hmm, what would so-and-so do? Or, hmm, how can I be better at this? Or do I need to let this go for right now? Do I need to give myself some time? You know, that's how we got to the moon. That's, that's the way I look at it. It's like shoot for the moon, right? So yes. that's where that, that, that philosophy and that way, that approach that, that I, I take right now. No, I love, I love the four C's. And is, is your book going to come out soon next year? Yeah, I think that it might come out as early as uh, the end of this of fall of this year, if Got not it. beginning of next year. We're, you know, we're in the editing stages, so that a lot yes. of that is going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm gonna probably bring on some um, launch readers that will mm-hmm. continue the editing part as as well, and then and then go from there. So maybe the end of this year, maybe the beginning of next. Got it. And whenever you release that title, I will include it too. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing all of those, those insights and things, experiences that you have helped your clients with. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're super busy, so we won't keep you too long, but I do want to touch on, we briefly talked about this before and you said you were very active. You did martial arts and you sustained uh, your words, a lot of injuries, right? Uh-huh. So we won't go too in depth into this, but what has that experience been like? You know, were there any really severe injuries that kept you sidelined for a while? And what kinds of things did that teach you? And it could be with anything. And it could even be nutritional related because I'm sure that relate, that helps you to relate to some of your clients whenever they're in a period or stage of their life that they're not able to do the things that they want to do. So the one injury among many, many, I've had broken bones, stitches, and pulled muscles, and and uh, dislocations, and all that. You know, I unfortunately had many of those. But one thing that I think I've learned the most of of anything is 
the value of paying attention, the value of being aware. And I now know that if I'm going to go for a run and I'm not, or I'm planning to go for a run and I'm not feeling my hip too good, don't go on a run. Mm -hmm. Don't push it. Mm -hmm. That's not yeah. worth it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, same with other forms of physical activity. Now, you know, that's, that, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is I'm, I'm aware of what I need to fix. Oh, and I need to get a new pair of sneakers because, yeah, mm -hmm. these are not helping me at all. So that mm -hmm. awareness is probably what I've taken away from any of my injuries is how to really listen to my body. And yes. let me tell you, listening to my body is really key. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the other thing too is, again, that it goes back to that self-judgment, self-criticism mm -hmm. is, well, let's not be hard on myself here. <laughs> I, I don't want to take away how driven I am, but how do I use that in a smart way, right? And that, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the other piece that I think I've taken away from my injuries. And I've had, yeah, you're right, many injuries. I can go into details with it, but we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely good. And we have never talked about the injuries or kind of what I do on the rehab side. But that's exactly the message that I'm trying to get across to every individual. Every individual is different is how to listen to your body. And if more people do that, I mean, that awareness will carry on into nutrition, that awareness will carry on into business, work, professional, everything. Just having some kind of awareness to look at your experiences and see how that played out and what could have been different to make it a little better or improve it in a little better fashion. Um, before we kind of conclude, I do want to go into a little bit because you were kind of our philosophies align a lot, like you mentioned. And I've kind of come up through the sports medicine, strength and conditioning realm. That's the majority of my education. And later on, I got a post postgraduate degree or diploma in nutrition. And you went the opposite route where you come, came across the formal education professionally as a registered dietitian, and you have gotten your certificate or certification in sports physiology. So you combine the two too. And that is something that I think is unique because not too many people, like I mentioned on your podcast, not too many people learn about the, the, how they complement each other in school or growing up. But we have to wait till later in life when we get access to all of these resources to make, really connect the dots. But with that being said, I just wanted to touch on what kinds of things are you, what's your message with your podcast, One Small Bite, and what's some of the things that you are trying to educate all of the listeners, you know, even outside of your clinic on with nutrition or exercise, fitness, and all of that? Yeah, good question. So again, the name of the podcast is One Small Bite, and it's based on that, that, that 4C uh, mentality or foundation. But the tagline to the podcast is chopping the diet mentality fueling your body and nourishing your soul. To me, that means mind, body, and spirit. That means we're putting the, the trinity together and we're not focused on one area or the other. I often tell many of my clients, you can't work yourself out of not eating healthy. Um, you, can, you can work out all you want, but you know, having more than you need to eat is not going to be helped by working out more. Um, mm -hmm. I also live by an 80-20 approach. And, you know, it's so funny because Pat Flynn talks a little bit about this. 20% of the time he spends on, mm -hmm. on new ideas and stuff. 
I like saying to my clients that 80% of the time, the, lo the body loves consistency. Mm -hmm. And so that is what you make 20% of. In other words, learn what healthy foods and what not healthy foods are. Play with that in the 20%. You're going to have treaty foods. You're going to have mm -hmm. fun foods anyway. So 20% of the time, find out how they fit as well as find out how a really super healthy food fits into your life so that in the 80%, you fit it in on a regular basis. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of the other approach is that 80-20 uh, mentality philosophy. No, that's an awesome message. And I, I really like that. We could talk so much more in depth about all of these topics, but I will put your podcast and everything else in the show notes. For all of my listeners, can you go over where we can find all of your content, your things, and anything that you want to promote that you have going on too? Yeah, so uh, my practice is TD Wellness, but it's best to just find me on One Small Bite. If you go to onesmallbite.net, you'll find all of my information. It'll link you into my other website. Um, and all of the information is there. I have my podcast like you. I'm going to have online courses soon. I have free downloads that you could check on there. And um, right now I'm on the gram, but um, my handle is not so great. So I'm, I'm going to establish something new there. But for now, uh, the website is the best place to find me. Awesome. And thanks so much for joining. One last thing to leave all of the listeners on. If there's one message that you want to get out there to the world, about nutrition or anything that you do, what is one piece of advice that you would share? Pay attention to your body. Your body will always guide you in the right direction. The problem is, is that you've got to learn how to pay attention. If you're going to do anything with your, di your diet, what I often tell people is pay attention to your body because your body will tell you. What you might need to do, though, is find a professional that'll help you listen better. And so that's my job. A, a registered dietitian, nutrition, especially one in intuitive eating and compassion-driven nutrition is probably going to be a much better guy to help you hone into that voice. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And that sparked one more, one last question. So do you do anything virtually or online or is it all physically in your practice? Good question. Good question. Now it's all virtual, 100% virtual. Mm -hmm. I do all my consults online. It's 100%. Um, I do 80, 80, well, used to be about 60% of my business now, me personally is doing nutrition consults, but now I've got another uh, dietitian on my staff and, and so she's starting to see more clients, uh, but everything is online. I used to have an office, but you know, COVID made us pivot and I pivoted. <laughs> and so I closed yeah. my office and we're hundred percent online now. Yes. Awesome. But keep up all the great work. I really admire everything that you're doing out there in Georgia and take a look at all of your resources. Look forward to your book coming out. And this is going to be a lot of information that will reach and help a lot of people. So thank you again so much for joining me. It was a pleasure talking and I hope that everything else goes well in the future. And of course, we'll always stay connected through SPI Pro. Oh yeah. You better believe we will. <laughs> thank you. And I will see you when you make your way out to Hawaii one day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much.